Welcome to On The Move from the Texas A&M Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management. In this episode, Lorinda Gomez talks about teaching kinesiology and how the program can benefit every student at Texas A&M. Howdy and welcome to another episode of On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber and today I'm joined by Lorinda Gomez. Lorinda, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You've been in Aggieland for a while, both as a student and then as a faculty member. So can you just kind of explain your path and how you got here and why you stayed so long? Sure. Sure. Um, So I'm originally from uh, a small town in New York called Angola. It's right outside of Buffalo. Okay. Um, and I was recruited on an archery scholarship here. A&M used to have a varsity archery team, um, so luckily we were able to do scholarships at that time. Um, and since then, you know, uh, my passion for archery, I started at age 11. Yeah, I was going to say, how and did so, you, before I even let you go any further, like how did you get interested in archery? So a family friend got me started okay. when I was 11, and you never think at age 11 you're going to have your defining moment. Uh, but fortunately, I did, wow. um, and it kind of shaped my life. Mm-hmm. Um, before I did get to A&M, though, um, I had tried out for the 2000 Olympics. And so all through high school, I did a lot of training, you know, mm-hmm. going back and forth. My coach lived in Indiana. Oh, wow. And so my parents had to do a lot of driving. I had to do a lot of flying, uh, traveling around the country. Um, but then I decided after I didn't make the team, I kind of got burnt out. Mm. And so I thought I wanted to go to a school closer to home. And I went to the University of Pittsburgh at Bradford. Um, I was only there for a semester. And then I realized how I started to miss shooting. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I had some friends that went to A&M. They were on the archery team. Um, And the coaches, uh, one, Frank Thomas, Mm -hmm. and then uh, Kathy Isinger used to be a coach here. Mm -hmm. Um, I've known them since high school. And so my senior year, they had talked to me about coming here. But I was like, no, I'm set in my way. I'm going to go to Pittsburgh. Um, but then when I decided that I was missing the sport, um, we contacted them. They brought me down for a recruiting visit. Mm. And um, the funny thing is, on the recruiting visit, we actually went to Wings and More. Oh, uh huh. And Buffalo. Local, local you know, classic. Yeah. Oh, but Buffalo's Buffalo, known for the, the wings. For the wings. <laughs> and so my dad was basically like, you know, we're going to really put this to the test. Mm-hmm. If these wings are like Buffalo wings, we'll probably let her come here. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, pass the test. They passed the test, so <laughs> I can still get a little fix of uh, buffalo wings. You know, going to wings and more. Absolutely. Um, but really, that kind of shaped me in um, coming mm-hmm. down here. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have sport medicine as a program here, and so kinesiology was close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, went into the kinesiology program with the emphasis in sport management, um, and then. I kind of thought at that time, maybe I would create a training center. Like when I got out of school, Mm -hmm. that was kind of my focus. I always liked helping people. I liked coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked working with people and fitness. And so that was kind of where I thought my path was going to go. But then obviously my career choice shifted. Sure. And so you stayed at A&M. At what point during your education did you realize like, hey, this might actually be a place where I can even build a future career? So uh, Frank, with being, you know, one of my mentors, mm-hmm. um, he started talking to me about it my senior year. So my last semester, I had to do an internship to graduate. And like a lot of Aggies, we do victory laps. And so I was already done competing with my eligibility. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I had transitioned into coaching. Um, that was also at the time that athletics had decided they were going to cut our program. And so Kathy, who was the prior coach, decided she was going to leave at that time. 
And so they needed somebody to fill those shoes for the year. Mm. And so I actually was the head coach my, oh. for my internship. So talk about getting thrown into it. Yeah. Um, but it was a huge learning experience. You know, I got to see how athletics worked, you know, mm-hmm. how you work with like eligibility stuff and compliance. Um, so it was a very interesting um, internship. And then um, when I was finishing that up, he had kind of guided me and said, why don't you go to grad school? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he knew I liked to coach. He knew I liked to help people. And he's like, I can bring you on as a grad teaching assistant and to teach 199 and then 198 classes mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and also when, you know, during my undergrad, I took uh, Kinesis 121, which okay. is a class I now teach. Um, and it's a motor and fitness class mm-hmm. where you do a lot of physical assessments. And that class really kind of helped shape me. And I thought at that time, I was like, you know, this would be a kind of fun job. Yeah. Um, I had Kirsten Breckenshay, who is one of my oh, mentors. Yeah, same. I love, I love KB. <laughs> um, but she, you know, she was just awesome in the classroom, mm-hmm. just seeing how much she cared about us, how much she pushed you to do really well, um, not just for your grade, but just for your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, to have that impact would be would be fun. Yeah. And then when Frank talked to me about having a chance to do that, mm-hmm. I jumped on board. Because I was going to ask if you ever thought about coaching archery somewhere at a different school that had a varsity program, but it sounds like you kind of fell in love with the right. teaching aspect. Yeah, and I so. and it was able to have both. You know, I was able mm-hmm. to be in the classroom and teach, and then as well as still work with archers that come here. So you are the associate chair of the Physical Education Activity Program (PAP). Um, what does an average day look like for you? So it's a very busy schedule. Um, I actually get to work really early. I'm a morning person, so I usually pull in the parking lot about 6.30, 7 in the morning. Um, three of those days uh, at 7 a.m., I do workout sessions um, with archery team members that want to come, as well as current students in my classes. I offer it for them. Oh, great. It's my workout as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a chance for them to get outside training, right, where I put the program together for them. They don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I'm there to teach them and help them if they're doing something wrong. Um, And then after that, I usually teach most of my classes in the morning. Um, Every semester, I teach anywhere between six hours to eight hours, which are about four to five classes. Okay. Um, And then after my teaching is done, I'm usually in my office. If I'm not working on my class stuff, you know, with my position as associate chair, I focus on the faculty schedule uh, to plan what classes they're going to be teaching each, mm-hmm. each semester. Um, I also uh, work on promotion as a mentor for our faculty. Um, I've been um, the chair of our promotion committee with instructional track faculty for the past three years. And so helping guide them you know, on what steps they need to take to get promoted. Um, I also work with uh, student issues. Um, so anytime a student you know, complains Mm -hmm. or uh, has an issue with a faculty member, I'm usually one of the first people that has to get involved with that to Mm -hmm. kind of investigate what's going on. Um, You know, I mentor our faculty. My office door, I do have an open door policy. (laughs) So if I'm in there, there's usually a student or a faculty member Mm -hmm. in there. I'm um, just asking for advice and, and You helping. do sleep, right? I, I do. I do. Yes. yes. Busy woman, though. Um, in another episode, we did speak with Frank Thomas and the chair of PAP. So what is it like working for somebody who has such a long history here at Texas A&M and within this program and this department? I mean, Frank has pretty much been one of those most influential people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Frank. Uh, not just with the position at PF, but just with archery and how long I've known him. Um, I mean, he's an amazing leader. 
you know, the way he's guided our program. Um, we've definitely had some hurdles over the years with mm-hmm. PEP, and he's figured out ways to navigate around those hurdles to, to keep our program going strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, just his, his leadership, his knowledge, his wisdom, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really, you can't beat it. And it's good to have somebody that has that history to be like, hey, we've tried this before. Sure. You know, this is what the results were, mm-hmm. maybe not the best option. Mm-hmm. But every every day you learn something from Frank. So, Everyone that we've had on on the move that has been involved in PAP, we've asked this question. What are some of the biggest misconceptions of the program? I would say the one of the biggest ones, you know, when people think of PE, right, they yeah. think of we're going to roll the ball out. Maybe their experience they had in high school PE or mm-hmm. wherever. But really, our classes, there's an educational component. We have experts in the activity areas of what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just going to be roll the ball out. You're actually learning the skill with the idea that students will be able to apply it once the semester is over. Um, you, we also, another misconce- misconception, I would say, is, um, you know, we also have science classes. And, yes, there is an ac- activity component to it. But really, we focus on the human body. What mm-hmm. are the effects of this activity with the body? What's actually happening inside the body? Um, so that way they can understand how they are connected, sure. but you know what, what the results are. Um, also, um, I would, another thing, too, is you know, not many people know, oh, I'm not a kinesi major. I don't have to take that class, right? Sure. But it's open for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has the opportunity to sign up for one of our classes. Speaking of the student population at Texas A&M, it is absolutely enormous. Uh, and I feel like PIAP has a unique opportunity because it can touch so many different students because it is open to everyone. Why is PIAP important to the student population at A&M? I mean, we, we do have about six to 7,000 students that come through our doors every semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and... One of the things, and we've done surveys, you know, with students that are enrolled in the classes to see what the impact our classes have on them. And a lot of the results, you know, are strongly in favor of how it helps with anxiety. Mm. It gives them a stress reliever. Um, Not only are they benefiting from the physical aspects, but the mental aspects from the classes as well. Um, You know, plus our classes are smaller in size. And so you're not just a number in our class. You know, Mm -hmm. you're an actual person where other students in the classes are getting to know you the faculty member is getting to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does give you a place where you feel more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And more more connected to A&M. Yeah. We spoke with Alyssa Locklear on another episode of On the Move, and she mentioned how some of her students in her Western dance class even ended up marrying one another. So mm-hmm. you could also meet your future spouse in a PEP class. That is, that is very <laughs> true. I, um, I had a similar situation uh, in one of my running classes that uh-huh. I taught, and this was early in my career. Um, and I didn't even know it had happened, but uh, the guy's sister was on the archery team mm. later, yeah. a cu- couple of years later, and she told me, she's like, my brother met his wife in your running class. And oh, I was that's like, crazy. It's a small world. What so. about any rewarding stories about students who maybe took one of your classes and, and came back, whether the end of the year or maybe years later, and, and kind of told you how much that class meant to them? So I recently, and it was actually this semester, I had a student that I had back in 2006 reach out to me. And I was not even full-time at that point. Mm -hmm. I was just a grad student. Um, But he took an archery class from me. And he 
has gotten his kids into archery and kind of has made it a hobby uh, mm -hmm. since he took the class. Oh, that's cool. Um, but he reached out to me because he was starting to work with a 4-H program in his town. And he was just doing some research online, and he came across the A&M archery team, and he saw that I was on there still. And so he was like, you know, it's a long overdue thank you, um, but this is how archery has kind of been in incorporated into my lifestyle and stuff. And then he actually came back and visited with me, and I took him on a tour around the building and, yeah. and stuff. Um, you know, another case, too, that we had uh, a student that took a beginning archery class um, when he was a freshman. Mm -hmm. And he was in the Corps originally, um, but then decided he didn't want to stay in the Corps and almost left A&M. But then he took the beginning archery class, which then connected him to an activity that he really enjoyed. So then he progressed, took intermediate archery. He joined our sport club team, and he's now third in the country, uh, having a chance to make the next Olympics. Wow. So That's incredible. Yeah. So. Besides archery, what is your favorite Kinesis class to teach? So 121. Okay. You, know, you that, mentioned that one yeah, before. That class yeah. has helped shape who I am. Mm -hmm. um, I love working with kinesiology majors. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of neat to help them try to discover their path. Mm -hmm. And we start with them working on themselves, you know, getting on the right track with their lifestyle. And then how, at the end of the se semester, how are you going to pass that forward with your future clients or your future occupation? So you've been doing this for a while. What are some of the challenges that college students are facing today with their health that maybe they weren't dealing with? Or, or maybe some of the same ones you see over and over. What are some trends that you're seeing? I would say some of the biggest trends right now is mental health. So unfortunately, anxiety, depression, you know, you're seeing those numbers increase quite a bit. And, you know, activity, there's research to back it up of how that actually helps people manage it. Going back to the archery team, what exactly is it? How involved are you right now? You're, you're a coach, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so what does that, now that it's not a varsity sport anymore, what does the club aspect look like for archery? So we have uh, three of us that coach the team. Um, it's myself, Frank Thomas, and Bill Cody. Um, and then we also uh, run tournaments. So I'm usually the main tournament director for the different events that we do on campus. Okay. Um, that is our biggest fundraiser for our club mm -hmm. um, since we have to do a lot of our own fundraising. It's not varsity with us getting the money yeah. like we used to have. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, our tournaments that we run, we do have a good partnership with USA Archery. Um, we host uh, one of the areas for indoor nationals which we actually just got done hosting a couple weekends ago mm -hmm. with about 500 people that came in within our region. Oh, cool. Um, we used to do a big outside tournament, which was a U.S. qualifying tournament. Mm -hmm. It was called the Texas Shootout. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the tournaments in the country that they use for points to get the ranking for the archers. Gotcha. Um, we've done the Olympic trials for three years. Uh, so we did the 2012 Olympic trials, the 2016, and then the 2020. Mm -hmm. So we were usually either the first stage or the second stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're, you know, we're involved with all areas of the team, not only with just coaching the technique and helping them with their skill, but also helping them from a student organization standpoint of helping them be leaders and be successful. Yeah. I played on the club team, volleyball club team when mm -hmm. I was at A&M. And so I want to take a moment just because I don't think a lot of people know what that club level looks like. And so they know there's, you know, 
obviously the varsity sports and you've got to get a scholarship or be a D1 athlete. And then there's intramurals, which for some people is great. And that's a, a, an awesome way to get involved. But the club level was such a cool place to be if you were a, a competitor in high school and you were just coming to A&M to be a student, but you kind of missed some of that, you know, competition, I guess. And um, so I just, but it's cool that there are other sports at the club level that some people may have never even been exposed to until they get to college. Like I grew up playing volleyball, played at Jujuco, and then came to A&M and said, oh, now there's a, a club team for me to be on. But it's got to be pretty cool to recruit kids or have kids that come in who maybe have never even done archery before. Right. Yeah. We do a lot of recruiting from our archery classes. Okay. And so archery is one of the activities that we actually have a progression. We have the beginning level, mm -hmm. then they can go on to intermediate. And then we also have an advanced level, Okay. which is a really good transition to get them to join the sport club team. Yeah. Um, but we're also fortunate to be able to recruit outside too with people who have experience. Um, luckily we have a really good um, donation uh from some uh, stakeholders, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's former students or um, just people in the archery community mm -hmm. that kind of help us raise money to be able to offer some scholarships. Yeah, yeah that's so, But Very we, cool. um, you know, our, our team is, is pretty good. We have a, a current Olympian on the team. Uh, she was just in the, I guess, 2021 Olympics since mm -hmm. it got delayed a year. Um, and she really is probably going to make the next one. That's so wild to think about. Like being on a club team at, you know, A&M, any school, but yeah. then you're going to be an Olympian or yeah. you are an Olympian. Yeah. That's and, that, and that's one of our goals is we try, to, we try to train them to be champions in the classroom, outside of the classroom. We want them to make yeah. national teams, international yeah. teams, you know, so we, we try to push them. Is there ever a chance that A&M would return a varsity archery team? I mean, it is getting more traction as a sport. Um, you're starting to see smaller schools that are picking it up mm -hmm. as varsity programs. Um, but at the D1 level, you know, I don't – once NCAA drops an emerging sport, I don't know what the chances are okay. of them picking it up. Okay. So. You were a fish camp namesake in 2014. What did that honor mean to you? It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was something I never got to experience as mm -hmm. a student because I was a transfer student. And so that was my first time getting to go there and see what they actually do for the freshmen. Um, you know, my, my group was amazing. Um, they, I got to know the counselors really well. We had them over for dinner. They did their work days over at our house. Mm -hmm. um, but seeing what they do for freshmen to really build that sense of community for them, to be connected to the school, I mean, it's awesome yeah. what they do. Um, you know, and it, it was an honor. You never hear your name the same way again because of all the yells and the chants that True. they do. Yeah. I mean, I had a hard time introducing myself to my classes that fall semester afterwards because I just kept hearing everything they yelled during yeah. camp. Yeah. Um, but it, it was probably one of my best experiences as an Aggie. Well, and as a former counselor, I know what it means to counselors when their namesake is super involved. So I think that's awesome that you were as involved as you were with yeah, yours. And I've, so. I've actually stayed in touch with a, a few of them still. That's um, great. It was funny, the semester after I was a namesake, you know, we do the continuity stuff where mm -hmm. you try to stay connected. Um, and I found out I was pregnant. And so they actually held a surprise baby shower for me, oh, and so they cool. bought almost everything, like all the big items we had on our registry. So oh, wow. It was, was it the same color as Fish Camp? No, it was not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but that would have been a good idea. Yeah. So, oh, that's great. But it was, it was pretty neat. So yeah. they, um, they've been involved, and a couple of them um, have met my daughter. She's now seven, you know, so they yeah. 
have stayed connected. So, Well, Lorinda, that's a great way to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you'd like to share today? No. I mean, I, I appreciate uh, what this podcast is doing, and mm. thanks for having me. Yeah, so. Thank you for the time. Yep. Thank you for listening to On The Move. You can catch our episodes while you're on the move by going to Spotify, Apple, or Google. And to learn more about the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management, head to knsm.tamu.edu. This podcast is housed in the School of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, where we transform lives.